Borg's dad is officially blacklisting HBS due to its allegiance to Marxism, hostile treatment of conservatives, and blatant censorship. I do not and will never support social justice, aka communism. Ah, <laughs> uh, you fucking treasure. Uh, let's see. You mentioned that you focused on optimizing games dedicating to trannies and the character creation <laughs> menus. Touch a class there. Uh, West Coast progressives. I mean, um, they did capitalize trannies. To be fair. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, they almost certainly spelled it wrong, but, uh... <laughs> uh, the English language. It's a challenge. Yeah, it's a fluid, moving target <laughs> that this person has repeatedly missed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Press X to Podcast, where you've got a crew that's full of people from COG Connected today. That's right, Sean is trying to sell his house. So we've got myself, I'm Paul, and alongside me, it's James Paley. Yellow. And new to the cast, but not new to the site, you've probably heard his voice before, it's Garrett Drake. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, indeed. How y'all doing? It's a fine and fabulous Monday evening, I tell you what. Uh, I think you mean Wednesday morning, because that's when this cast will come out. Well, excuse ah. me for time traveling. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you guys, uh, do you guys talk in the present as in when you're recording or do you talk uh, in, in the vein of uh, when this podcast goes live typically? We're basically incapable of picking one. So uh, okay. we travel back and forth <laughs> using our uh, uh, location distributed DeLorean as much as possible. Okay, excellent. James, I have a quick question for you. Are you also living in Canada? I can't remember. I sure am. Oh, excellent. Yeah, you, my, you are my brothers up north, truly. I am down in uh, the, the good old south here in Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia, and uh, in the United States here. And I had to ask, uh, is it as beautiful an evening up north as it is here in the south? Oh, my. It is gorgeous today. That's wonderful, man. Uh, it's, uh, you know, spring is officially upon us. I can't breathe through my nose, which is really unfortunate. But besides that, the warm weather, I got to tell you, it's, uh, it's very welcoming here. Is it still cold up with you guys? Because I've never been to Canada. I've, I've been dying to visit for most of my life, but I've yet to have the opportunity. Uh, no, we've been rolling with, the, uh, I would, I guess Fahrenheit would be about the mid-70s today, James? Uh, I will guess so, because I do not understand Fahrenheit. Slightly above room temperature. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That is and shorts, man. my kind of temperature right there. That's perfect. You're down in the Hotlanta region, are you not, Garrett? I am. Uh, it's it's weird. You know, Atlanta has a mind of its own when it comes to the weather. You really never know what it's going to be. It'll jump from the 80s down to the 40s, and then it'll be a beautiful day like the 70s like it was today, and tomorrow it'll probably snow. So you never know what you're really going to get with Atlanta. But uh, today it was it was just wonderful. I'm kind of like an amphibian in that way, too. If it's right in the mid-70s, I feel like I'm under a heating lamp. Mm. And uh, it's perfect for my lizard-like skin. <laughs> so uh, I invite it at all times. <laughs> uh, I look forward to discussing this more in person uh, at some future date. As do I, man. I, I, I got to tell you guys, I know this is a little premature. We're going to obviously get into it on this uh, this episode, but I'm so thrilled to hang out with you guys at E3, man. Especially you, Paul. You and I have never met face-to-face uh, -face yet. I'm sure we'll get a nice good hug in. Oh, yeah. Maybe in a smooch or two by the end of the week. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and uh, James, I'm looking forward to us reuniting. I often reflect on our time together. At, uh, we, we saw, what was it? Uh, the, the Girl with the Whip. Remind me of the title of the game. Blood I already stained. forgot. Bloodstained. Blood yeah, we went to Bloodstained together and played that other little indie game where we were uh, like 
uh, like it was like Tron mixed with FIFA or something. Laser League. That's what it was. I fondly remember those days. I look forward to making more of them with you. Oh yeah. Laser League Good actually times. comes out uh, for real this week. Oh, oh man, perfect timing to mention it. Finally. If only there was a place where we could talk about games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If only. One day, one day there will be such a place. We may have to travel in time to get there. Ah, well. Thankfully, we have the location displaced DeLorean. Well, let's move to uh, Wednesday, May the 9th, 2018, where it's time for episode 16 of Press X the Podcast. Have you guys been playing any games? Well, um, I did do a whole bunch of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze for the Nintendo Switch. That was pretty dope. (laughs) Did you roleplay as Jack Nicholson the entire time or just part of it? Like 30% (laughs) at best, honestly. And is it worth the upgrade from the Wii U version? Um, honestly, if you've never played it, like if it's never, you've never had this chance before, then by all means, check it out. It's a, it's a stellar fucking Nintendo title. But if you own it for the Wii U, I don't know if you want to double dip. The only thing that's really changed is you get to play as Funky Kong and it's basically like a handholdy, easier difficulty. Mm. And the Donkey Kong Country series didn't like get harder when it moved to cool ass 2.5d um in this generation so i don't know if i'd like 100 percent recommend that mm, i feel like that's a problem with switch games lately it's just kind of rehashing those wii u titles yeah they're not doing quite enough in some instances to justify any sort of double dip and they're making it worse by selling it as a triple a title at a triple a price mm. like i'm i understand that tropical freeze for the switch is like a fully priced AAA game. And yeah, I don't know, guys, it's like four years old. Now, remind me, does this feature uh, the old-fashioned Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong gameplay that I remember from 25 years ago? It does not exactly. You play as Donkey Kong, and you can pick up, like, buddies to like hang out with you and use their abilities. So if you have like Diddy Kong strapped to your back or what have you, and that's where they all go, by the way, when you play as Donkey Kong, they all just hop on your back and bless you with their powers. <laughs> Diddy Kong has this dumbass like hover copter thing where he can like stay in place in the air for another few seconds. Dixie has that badass thing where she can almost do like a double jump, mm, which is pretty cool. The hair thing. Cranky Kong. Yeah, yeah, the hair thing. Cranky Kong will like give you the ability to, like, do, like, a Scrooge McDuck-style pogo leap onto spikes and more dangerous enemies. So, Mm. that's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Funky Kong just has... He doesn't have partners. He just has all of those cool-ass fucking powers, like, blended into one character who also can breathe underwater and is immune to spike damage and has extra health. It's, you know, it's like, yeah... Does he sounds like my kind of monkey? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a funky ass easy mode, is what it is. <laughs> uh, James, man, I'm uh, just green with jealous rage that you're actually playing the game. You reviewed it as well, didn't you? I sure did. That's rad. I uh, I haven't installed on my Switch, but I've not touched it since launch day. Unfortunately, I've been so terribly busy 
with life outside of video games that I haven't hardly touched anything. But uh, I have it installed. I cannot wait to play it. I'm hoping to get to it later tonight, but probably tomorrow. Uh, when this? No, tomorrow's Tuesday. So yeah, Tuesday. I was thinking, I'm still trying to think in the vein of when this podcast goes live. Yeah, <laughs> but, so you'll uh, try and get to it yesterday, basically. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully <laughs> I am in, I am playing it as, when, as of when this podcast goes live. So I'm, I'm very excited to jump in. Based on your review, your review actually got me excited to play it and is the reason I downloaded it. So thank oh, you okay. for uh, allowing the publisher to pay you for that positive outlook on the game because I bought it because of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to use that money to buy a boat right <laughs> like we all do with all those paid reviews yeah yeah i have a lot of boats i'm gonna say the harbor is full. i imagine your audience is intelligent and uh, intelligent enough to know we're we're very much joking when we say that because <laughs> some people will undoubtedly take it seriously it will be a delightful acid test to see who does and does not understand that I'm excited to see it. everyone knows we only have a single boat each that's that's really all you need one large yacht yeah. yeah. Well, Sean has two houses now, so the cat's out of the bag now. I mean, everyone knows. <laughs> but he, yeah. he got out of the journalism biz. That's when he his second house showed up. So, right. yeah. So, you didn't play any games, Garrett? Uh, well, that's sort of a lie. I dabbled in Hogwarts Mystery, believe it or not. Really? And, uh, I was absolutely heartbroken when I discovered that the developers had created a game that practically prevents you from playing it when you get about half an hour into it. <laughs> I was just devastated because I love Harry Potter, grew up playing all the Harry Potter games, and uh, I've always dreamed. I mean, me and my buddies have fantasized and speculated on the possibility of a AAA, deep RPG, Harry Potter-like experience where, you, you know, you create your character, you go to Hogwarts, you take your classes, you level up, you can play Quidditch, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to go on a rant, don't worry. I, I fantasize about this for at least a decade, <laughs> but... Upon jumping into the game, even though it was a dinky little mobile game, I was obviously excited for it. And uh, I get to the little bit where it's like, you need more energy, sir. And uh, I had to hash out five bucks for more, and obviously I'm not going to do that. So I just stopped playing. So that's the only bit of video game experiences uh, I've had since God of War, which was... Uh, I haven't played since launch day of God of War, so... I have not played anything, which is terrible for this podcast. I apologize. It is a tragedy. I... I do have somewhere to go with your Harry Potter topic. Given unlimited budget, who develops your dream Harry Potter game? Uh, well, th this is going to be ridiculous because it, it'll never happen. Do you want a realistic answer or the dream answer? Oh, I want the dream. Give me the dream. Okay, uh, more than likely CD Projekt Red. Ooh. But realistically, and this will never happen, this has been a joke between my buddies and I that Rocksteady might do it because you know, they're, they're in-house with WB here. I don't know why they'd hand them Harry Potter after Batman, but I'd like to see their take on an RPG after their uh, success with Batman. You know, get some of that Batman combat in Harry Potter, dude. I think it'd be so sick. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like you get you get your 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 wand and you get your sorting hat business taken care of, and then your first lesson in your first class is grappling and counterfighting in exactly. the pitch darkness, right? Like. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're stealthy and you're creeping around Hogwarts and uh, stringing people up by their bootstraps with, you know, like weird, weird spells that Rocksteady would have up their sleeve after developing oh, yeah. Batman naturally. Yeah. yeah. Well, I personally can't wait to see Harry Potter's detective mode. I think that'll be quite something. Oh, certainly. It fits in the realm, too, man. It's just a magical spell. You have an excuse for it. Hmm. You really thought this through. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I could, I could go on for ages, but I'll just leave it at that. I was very disappointed with Hogwarts Mysteries. But, I mean, I wouldn't have been, been as disappointed had it been just a decent little mobile game and it hadn't begged me for my money 30 minutes into it. But uh, aside from that, it's all I've played. Very, very upsetting. Hmm. But you did play God of War on launch day. I did, yes. Uh, I won't go on a tangent about that. I know you guys talked about it a lot last episode, but uh, I, I also adore the game. Um I did the uh, the walkthrough for the YouTube channel, which I was very grateful to do. Mm-hmm. It was quite uh, uh, a good time playing through it. Um, I, it was weird because I've never actually done a solo walkthrough through an entire game like that in my entire life. So it was it was a bit weird because it was it was challenging in the sense that obviously it's a very narrative heavy game with a ton of dialogue throughout. So there were constantly times where I just felt like I had to be silent because even just the small quips between Kratos and Atreus throughout throughout the entire game, mm-hmm. or even bits from Amir where he's just spilling lore upon lore uh, to you, uh, from start to finish throughout the game once you meet him. I'm not going to throw out any spoilers, no, no one worry, but uh, love the game, and um, I want to get back to it. I haven't dabbled in hardly any of the side stuff, which really sucks. I'm well aware of what's in the game because all my buddies are gushing about it, and I've heard you guys talk about it as well, but yeah, I haven't played since launch day, but yeah, I'm in the same boat with everyone. Love mm-hmm. God of War. I really love what they've done with the mythology moving into the Norse realm. I thought they did a great job throwing Kratos into a situation that he's totally unprepared for and knows nothing about and uh, having him need to rely on somebody else instead of just himself. Uh, Classic fish out of water story, but they did a a fantastic job with it. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very glad to see that a studio or our Sony Santa Monica and Corey Barlog especially are getting all the uh, the praise and appreciation that they deserve for that. Just slaving over it for five years and to see it pay off for him, I imagine, is a, a feeling unlike any other as a game developer. So that's really cool. Yeah, as it turns out, people do indeed want single player games. They are alive and well. Well, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. OK, so, so, like, so, 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 OK. From my personal perspective, it seems like single player games have always had a certain following and that the people who tend to say that they're on their way out basically see another multiplayer game, like yet another one succeeding massively and generating all of this like revenue and, you know, just blowing up that way. And they're like, well, obviously this means that single player games can't fucking be a thing anymore. And then, you know, you look just like a tiny bit harder than that and you see that there is generally always some single player games being talked about in the collective consciousness like on social media and like all those channels like that like even if it's not from a triple a developer there's a lot of really stellar single player experiences that i can draw on just from the last couple of years Mm -hmm. and when that's the narrative that online games are the future and that's all that people want to play no one seems to be able to point to the single player failures too readily except mass effect andromeda because you know (laughs) reasons well well because it was really big and they you know the phrase about them falling harder when they're very large right it's just it's more grimly satisfying to watch a huge ambitious project like that just whiff so badly and tumble down the fucking stairs you know fortunately that's not the case with god of war um, that, that's basically all I've been playing. And I, I think I'm a bit too far for, uh, to really talk about what's going on. Cause I, I think we're in the spoiler zone still. Mm. 
yeah, I think we're just about to the end of it. I think, I think, like, I feel like, I feel like three weeks or like a month at the absolute most is kind of your like for politeness sake, and then after that, it's like instead of spoiler warning, it's really obvious spoiler warning. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, this week, this weekend is open season. Oh, 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 for sure. Agreed. Uh, did anybody see? This is totally off topic. Did anybody else see Infinity War? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Sure as fuck did. <laughs> and you hated it, James. Um, I loved it. I believe is the appropriate term. Okay. Um. Right. It was a carefully constructed two and a half hour roller coaster that allowed for very little downtime or breath taking, so to speak. So, uh, just generally spent the whole ride fucking on the edge of my seat there was applause at a couple of different points in the theater that i went to go see it um people were like clapping and cheering and losing their shit over certain scenes which was which was nice to be a part of oh yeah i echo all of uh james's thoughts that's what was the best part of it not only did i love the movie but the theater experience just enhanced that completely especially all the parts where people got super excited so amazing movie experience to say the least well i mean they've been working towards this one movie for the last 10 15 years everything has led to it and uh they knocked it out of the park they saw that ball coming and they crushed it oh yeah oh yeah it's it's fucking gone it is gone i think it's gonna be kind of difficult to maintain anything resembling that momentum for the follow-up film And it's going to make everything that comes out between those two movies feel kind of tepid. Because it's like, oh yeah, we have these crazy high stakes, but let's take a couple hours to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited for that movie, though. I love the the latest trailer that came out for it. I I did think the trailer was pretty good. Um, More so than that, looking forward to Deadpool. Oh, absolutely. Fuck yes. Good old Van City Reynolds. Our uh our city mate, James? City mate. We'll go yeah. with that. You know what? I'm I'm willing to nominate him as the city's official spokesperson. Um he can speak for us collectively and it's fine. What are the odds he becomes mayor? Slim, but uh I hold out hope. I, I really think he could put put in a good uh showing as kind of a you know, Mike Hagar kind of uh, influence on the city. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think that would require him to do the Mike Hagar outfit? Like, to <laughs> get the full effect? What was it like? Suspenders, crazy biceps, white t-shirt, just like like a, a fucking like a handlebar mustache. And it's like, guess what, Vancouver Problems? I'm going to beat the shit out of you and everybody's going to watch. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I didn't want that. Well, I mean, if Ryan Rollins can't do it, then he can't be mayor. Simple as that. <laughs> One simple requirement. That's all he's really all he's going to need, actually. Do you guys want to talk about some news? I would love to. Yes, please. Please, indeed. Uh, there's not very much. It turns out in the last, well, even two weeks when I went back, there's not a whole lot going on in the gaming industry. But in... Uh, A nod to Sean, who's not here. There was some news about nerds being angry. Mm. 
do tell. Well, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but people get uh, pretty upset about things they kind of don't know anything about. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in Battletech, there is a uh, preferred pronouns option. And having a third option on the list underneath him and her has uh, riled some people, let's say that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It sounds uh, like something I've, I've never heard of happening before, ever. So I'm, I'm very intrigued uh, to discuss this because it's, it's quite a big news story to me. Honestly, it's yeah, unprecedented. Don't... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, surely nothing like this has happened. Not even to like... Uh, pillars of eternity or anything like that <laughs> just to name a random non-related example um uh yeah so there are some extremely funny uh twitter exchanges where people are comparing this singular menu option item that does nothing in the game except change what the pronoun of a character uh which pronoun a character has uh, they're comparing it to communism and and such. It's slightly ridiculous. <laughs> now bring me up to speed here. Is Battletech an RPG? Because I'm totally unfamiliar. Battletech is a, is a rad-ass uh, tactical game where you pilot giant fuck-off robots <laughs> into battle to shoot, you know, missiles and lasers and laser missiles at other giant fuck-off robots in an attempt to, you know, conquer the robot world or, like, the world or what have you. And it's so far been really well-received, and I think that's one of the things that's letting this gain traction because aside from this tiny, tiny little almost inconsequential menu option... The game has been pretty widely praised as like a like a pretty badass entry in the BattleTech franchise. That sounds like communism to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta I, mean, I gotta agree with you, Paul. I'm I'm just uh, totally uh, taken aback by this. This is ridiculous. So I know it's out of control. Honestly, I, I see a lot of parallels to the the reign of Stalin. In fact, <laughs> shades yeah. of it, at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, first, first, we're letting people assign appropriate pronouns in RPGs. Next, you know what comes immediately after that? Probably next week, fucking breadlines. All right, it's happening. Okay, you heard it here first. Breadlines by next Wednesday. <laughs> Is the bread BattleTech branded? Sadly, no. They'll be crushed underfoot in the impending wave of anarcho-communist chaos that will sweep the nation tear down all the government buildings and start shooting people in the streets all thanks to this one lonely little battletech menu option you fucking monsters <laughs> you know i can't damn it i can't wait to read your battletech fanfic james it will be brief but poignant 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 that's the <laughs> word that's the word i got it okay uh, I hereby approve this as a feature on the site. <laughs> I would like a signed copy, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there might not be more than three or four produced, so they will be very valuable. Oh, boy. Uh, in slightly more positive news, uh, 
Red Dead Redemption 2 got a super badass trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It was pretty fucking dope. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, beyond the trailer, I mean, the trailers, of course, it looks beautiful. Uh, very excited to hear more about the story. Obviously, we have an idea, like a synopsis of the story. But uh, even just minor character moments from the uh, Red Dead Redemption that stick with me even to this day, I'm excited to see more of those play out in the sequel, and uh, or the prequel, I guess, or what they are describing as a companion piece to Red Dead Redemption. Mm. But uh, I loved, even beyond the trailer, hearing about just the, the details within the world and how characters react to certain things you're doing and all you can actually do in the world. That's what I think I get most excited about with Rockstar Games is just they're immersive open worlds. And that's such an overused term with open worlds in general where someone's like, oh, look at that mountain. You can go there. Or these people have a schedule. You can follow them all day long and see what they do. I know that everyone says that, but I feel like Rockstar always truly delivers on that promise. And they continually, continually expand upon that in every every game they release. So I'm head over heels excited for October. Rockstar, for me, the thing that always sticks out for Rockstar games is their ability to accurately model something that makes no difference to the quality of the game. In the case of Red Dead Redemption 2, that is the uh, horse junk. <laughs> accurately accurately modeled and animated horse junk i mean i feel like if you're on your horse you're riding through the scrublands the the the, the semi-arid desert you're you're you know you, you the, the sun comes up over a ridge and it like lights up the mountains and the skies and that beautiful pastel of orange and purples and pinks and yellows but that horse dick is just not moving. It's completely stone stiff, frozen, lifeless. And just you're just immediately taken out of the game. You're like, what? What the fuck even is this? You have a great point, man. I tell you, in this uh, this follow up, I will at least take half an hour to analyze and appreciate the horse junk in all various forms of lighting throughout the game world. Yeah, I cannot wait for that video. Uh, I hereby <laughs> um, approve that for the site as well. Oh yeah, yeah I mean. I I know, I know we talk in jest, but I, I would almost guarantee that would get a ton of uh, traction. Just it, analyzing the horse penis and Red Dead Redemption 2, <laughs> just all around the world, just close up of it bouncing all across the open world just for five straight minutes. You really have to nuance that title in order to let uh, YouTube monetize it as well. Absolutely. It's going to be a, uh, a tricky feat, but I imagine putting our minds together, we will find a way to overcome the uh the horse penis situation for better well, or for worse you just refer to it as amazing horse physics in the title <laughs> and then it's just mostly focused on the dongs that's all but there's physics involved <laughs> i'm wondering all of a sudden in the oh god do you think when they mo-capped the horses they uh mo-capped the junk Oh, dude, that's a good question. I've got to know that answer. We need to find that out. So, like, like with the suits where they have, like, the lights and stuff and, like, the lines or whatever, yeah. like, gingerly netted over this thing's dingus? Like, is, is that, do you think that, ha that was happening? If there's one question I need answered this June at the Electronic Triple, it is this question. Yeah. I will yeah, not rest until uh, I find a Rockstar rep willing to talk about it. 
What you see, Paul, where we typically place six dots on a uh, character model's face, we placed uh, approximately 576 on the horse penis to actu accurately capture every texture, every bounce, every wobble. Had to be perfect. <laughs> some some guy, there's some team of people who had to slave away for days and weeks to make sure this thing was just perfect. <laughs> and we are we are just already killing it for the the marketing department for Rockstar. I mean that that could really get the game going. Not not that there's an already not a huge amount of excitement uh, generated for it, but that alone, man, that will spread like wildfire. The credits will roll in RDR two, and there's going to be. Uh, about 30 seconds of scrolling underneath Dong Team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and believe you me, I will not button through that. I will honor every single one of those men and women. Yeah. Did, I, uh, I, I'll, I'll never forget my time, uh, the three years I spent working on the, the grass in Grand Theft Auto V for uh, Rockstar Games. It was, a, it was a time in my life I greatly cherished uh, and appreciated as a uh, game developer. But I, but I gotta tell you, my most brilliant moment in all of my career what, what what will be my legacy are the uh, the eight years i spent designing a uh 15 inch long uh stallion penis for red dead redemption 2 that will that will be my legacy as a game developer that's bound um, to be in a studio diary at some point hey 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 not to interrupt this incredible discussion about <laughs> the horse dong but a twitter thing just popped up this moment or like, well, like half an hour ago, that Nintendo is launching their online service for realsies this September. Ooh. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that is happening. Uh, they got a little blurb about online play. They've got, uh, ooh, yeah, 20 NES games with added online play for the first time ever and more games added regularly. Save data cloud backup. Holy fuck, Nintendo. Welcome to 2008. It's so good to have you. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty huge. Wow! Yeah, it 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 would do great. It's so good and so uh uh so long in coming. Thanks, guys. Thanks for finally doing this. Um, it's yeah, I I yeah. It's quite depressing that my first thought when you said Nintendo's launching their online service was, does it do anything? <laughs> and the answer well, apparently I, seems to be yes. Yeah, I mean. At the very least, it has to do what everybody else's online service has been doing for the last decade, and maybe even a little bit more. <laughs> Just that little Nintendo extra. Yeah, you know, like a little, maybe, uh, uh, for example, the, the classic NES games feature that they advertise, you can play them anytime, anywhere. Enjoying a selection of NES games is that an online play for the first time ever as part of your paid Switch online membership. Holy shit, you guys. Look at you stumbling into the 21st century. Um, there will be Zelda, Mario 3, the Dr. Mario, the Fighting Balloons, the Mario Brothers, the Tennis, the Donkey Konkies, the Super Mario Brothers, the Climbers of Ice, and Sucker. Hmm. Well, I... I mean, I guess that covers the bases, more or less. Um, I mean, to be fair, that's only 10 titles, and they said 20s, so, like, I said Mario, like, two or three times, that's, like, three different games. There's the arcade Mario Brothers, like, the one where they look all fucked, and they just jump around that single screen and, like, bop enemies from underneath and do that whole thing, 
and then there's Mario 3, the good one, you know, and then Super Mario Brothers, the, like, I guess, kind of also good, if we're, you know, being forced to classify it in some fashion. Well, clearly the online uh, components to all these games count as their own game, so those 10 are 20. God damn it, Paul, you're right. I had not even thought of that. They've, they've rooked us once again. Introduce 10 games and call them 20. Does it say anywhere if you still have to use your phone to talk to your friends? Holy shit, that's an amazing point. I have to find that out right now. That is crazy, crazy important. Oh, damn it, it's still the smartphone app. Son of a bitch. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, my excitement the... has dwindled very quickly. Yeah, like, okay. So, basically, in order to, like, do this thing... Like, I remember with Splatoon 2 hearing about how, oh, if your phone's screen turns off, you lose your fucking connection. <laughs> <laughs> and then it has to be, like, reinitiated. Oh, you guys know. <laughs> They're still using this smartphone app. Oh, the finish line was right there, and then you slipped on a fucking banana peel. <laughs> oh, Nintendo. Yeah, in true okay. Nintendo fashion. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The blue shell came upon them smoke them in the back, and cost them the gold. How can it be that Nintendo can't approach a, I don't know, a Discord, for example, and say, hey, we want to use your free service on our thing, and we'll call it Discord for Switch, and you guys will get a ton of free press? Yeah, and, like, traffic, and, like, I don't know, whatever ad revenue they normally generate, or however it is they, like drum up the monies we'll make some sick yeah. nintendo emojis for discord yeah i don't know that seems like a no-brainer to me but you know it's nintendo yeah obviously the better solution is to have a fucking smartphone app running and draining your batteries at a rate of about five percent every 15 minutes and turning an already cumbersome online play experience into something of a <clears throat> nightmare not to mention the fact that if you're playing in uh, the Switch handheld mode, you in fact do need two pairs of headphones to uh, make the online play thing a thing. You know, have the game audio in one ear and another set of headphones plugged into your phone listening to your friends. Oh my god. <laughs> right? I mean, I've heard rumors, or like, not rumors, I saw press release pieces about companies coming up with like nintendo switch specific headsets i would hope that they address that particular hilarious omission of functionality but unfortunately i can't remember off the top of my head which company it was and my keyboard is really really loud <laughs> i think you mean high quality yes yes the clickiness is superb like a fine wine can i get a few clicks uh, let's see if you can properly hear them. Let's see. How's that? Ooh, ooh, that's pretty good. Well, in our uh, last piece of news for this week, the Federal Trade Commission is threatening the console makers. Because I don't know if you guys have ever opened a console before, but those little, uh, your warranty is void if this sticker comes off, that is, like, super illegal. Ripping yeah. that sticker off? Yeah, Putting the actually, sticker on is super illegal. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, that's right. Putting the sticker on. Because apparently what happens is this is considered a breach of some long-forgotten law in the FTC that they're like, 
somehow just now addressing? Because, like, those stickers have been a thing for a long time, right? On literally every electronic product that exists. Yeah, and the only... There's, like, six companies that they got a hold of the letters for, but based on what you just said and what we all know, there has to be others who will be affected by this when it goes through. Basically, they were given... 30 days as of uh, starting April 9th to change their warranty policy and thereby remove those stickers. And, well, I mean, if we are currently in Wednesday, May 9th, does that not mean that we have hit the 30-day mark? And those guys have not done the thing. Yeah, I think I'll just open every piece of electronic equipment that I own right now. Yeah, right the second, just just out of spite. Get yourself on pictures on Twitter and Instagram, like slicing that sticker in half with like a pen knife and like flipping two huge birds to like, you know, the company that put the sticker on. Yeah, with right? a lot of like fire in the background and maybe some screaming eagles. Uh, Garrett, maybe you can consult on uh, the audio and visual cues that constitute uh, freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I had no. I mean, this was super weird to me too. Um, for real weird, unlike the uh, the angry nerds from earlier. But uh, <laughs> what what are the? Re I didn't really read into this yet. I saw that there was a headline uh, on Cog's website specifically, but I hadn't actually read it yet. Is it like a very serious? Is it very serious repercussions if they don't actually deal with this situation immediately? They'll be. They're threatening legal action, so basically if they don't take care of this in 30 days, it's going to open up lawsuits, which sounds pretty scary, but I feel like most of these companies could probably just, like, pay whatever fine they have lined up and not get hit too badly, unless they come up with some, like, real big boy consequences for not mm. making any of these changes. I think it's, regardless of what the outcome ends up being, I think it's a win for the consumer because... Um, there, although there are some companies like Sony who make it really easy for you to upgrade your PS4, put a different hard drive or something in there. There are other companies, yeah. <clears throat> Microsoft, who <laughs> would, uh, punish you quite severely for opening your Xbox and putting in a different drive. Um, allowing them to, of course, sell new boxes with bigger drives, faster drives, et cetera, et cetera, until the end of time. Or, you know, partnering with Seagate to make a four terabyte external for the X1X because every game file is like a hundred fucking gigabytes. <laughs> yeah, it, they're absurdly large. Do either of you have an X1X? I do, I yeah. do. Um, I have really not found very much to play on it. You wouldn't happen to know offhand what's your largest file size would be would you just out of uh, not off the top of my head uh but i believe wolfenstein was in the vicinity of like 95 gigs <laughs> like it is it's ridiculous so that game is taking up a tenth of the of the drive holy shit i bet it looks pretty though oh, yeah. oh it looks real nice <laughs> 
I'm pretty jealous, if I'm being honest, dude. <laughs> I wish I had an ex. I, uh, I would gladly receive one if someone was willing to just give me one out of the blue. Like, have this very expensive high-end gaming console. I'd be like, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. But uh, sadly, I cannot afford one for myself at the moment. Granted, all I would do is play Halo on it. <laughs> but uh, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll talk about E3. Uh, are we talking about E3 this podcast? Is that later down the road? You know what? Because um, I don't want to it- jump ahead. Well, why don't we just talk about E3? I mean, it came up already uh, like two minutes in, so why don't we just talk about E3? Okay, because I, I have very, very high hopes for uh, Microsoft's uh, conference specifically, because I feel like they are truly the underdog in the console space. I mean, that's obvious, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm really hoping they bring the big guns this year. Now, when I say the big guns, I'm hoping something other than just Halo and Gears, which of course are two of their flagship titles, but uh, I'm hoping for something truly magnificent out of them i know i may be getting my hopes up but uh we'll see i don't know what do you guys think uh i think as much as gears and halo are kind of predictable announcements i think they could still knock it right out of the park if done right like they could even just like a a really badass uh cinematic piece like a cinematic trailer for either one of those games could really resonate with a lot of their core fans and really earn them a lot of goodwill but, you know, some new shit, too, please. You know, why don't we just turn this into uh, the perfect list for this week? I love yes. that idea. Yes. Uh, the uh, 10 perfect E3 2018 predictions. Mm. Okay. Do you okay. want to do that? Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm on board. Let's do okay. this. Uh, should we uh, call Garrett's first uh, notion there a pick number one? Uh, I would like that. Do, am I allowed to make a new actual prediction, or do I need to just stick to my guns with Halo and Gears? <laughs> you you can change your answer if you so desire. Okay, because I have a very real prediction that two of or both of you probably already have up your sleeve to pull out at some point. But I was going to predict that we will see whatever is coming from uh, Rocksteady at E3. At I would I assume Sony's press conference, but I really do think we're going to see something from Rocksteady finally. Yeah, because it's been a little while, hasn't it? It has, and uh, I don't know if you guys have kept an eye on the old Twitter, the old Twitter sphere out there, but they, you know, they've been teasing a whole lot of Batman concept art, and my prediction is is that they're just uh, not 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 uh, teasing Batman. What's the word I'm looking for? You know, a lot of movie trailers do this, do this these days. They try to trick audiences so they can't really predict what's coming. I think they may want, want people to speculate that they may or may not be working on another Batman title. I know they've said in the past that they're done with Batman after uh, Arkham Knight. But uh, I think they may or may not be working on Superman, and that's been a long time rumor, but they're working on something huge, but I do not think it's Batman, even though they've been teasing all that concept art for months now. Yeah, hmm. holy shit. What do you think about a Justice League game to tie into uh, Aquaman? Hmm. My, I see, whenever I think about ensemble games like that, I'm like, how would they function? Like, would you play as a singular character and just interact with all the other ones, or would it be Marvel Alliance style where you bounce around between them all? I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. You know, what could work really well would be like uh, a facsimile, uh, almost like a facsimile MMO experience. You know how like .hack way back in the day, like kind of reproduced that MMO environment, because in this fashion, you could kind of like take various characters through their like uh, arcs, so to speak, in a larger world in uh, a kind of play environment that encourage that sort of experimentation or just like like a huge ass rpg where you can play through all these different 
like uh, character arcs. Well, I mean, wouldn't be an RPG, it'd be like a butt kicking, actiony, high flying, foo kind of thing. But like, I I feel like you could definitely make that work with multiple characters. I just feel like we haven't seen a lot of successful examples of it in the past, and so it's hard to believe that it could be done. I don't yeah, know. sure. I- I, I could see a thing like they did in The Witcher 3 where you primarily played as Geralt, but there were large sections where you were Siri. So, mm. you know, if you had a Justice League game, you could have the large majority of the game be Batman and Superman and then just dabble in Wonder Woman and Aquaman and The Flash and all that stuff. Like well, your boy Glean, Green Lantern out there, Martian Manhunter, perhaps. Yeah, it could work. I think uh, whenever I think about Justice League, even though I'm not a diehard uh, fighting game fan, I think of just Injustice 2 and how spectacular mm. its campaign was. I'm like, that alone <laughs> almost satisfies me for a Justice League game, even though it's purely a fighting game. So one would have to question, would it be worth them developing another Justice League game? Granted, like you said, it could be RPG-ish in a sense where you play as multiple characters and do more than just fight things the entire time. I would totally be open to that, but that would be a question I would arise were I uh, a studio pitching this to WB or whoever. Like, well, there's already Injustice. Why would we want another Justice League game on the market? But I wouldn't underestimate the DC fan base. I'm one of them. I'm a huge Batman fan. So if Batman's even remotely near anything uh, video game related, I'm going to get my hands on it one way or another. So I don't know. That is a very good point. Uh, DC fans in general... uh, Desperate to grab onto something, anything, please let it be good for once. Let they, it be good. If they made a decent Superman game, not only would it be fucking unprecedented for the character's history with the medium, but it would earn everybody involved a lot of goodwill. Even specifically, especially if it was Rocksteady, because they um, have proven themselves capable of handling a DC property with some uh, deafness and skill. And we just, I don't think we've ever had a good Superman game. And it'd be really great if there was like one, just one. Well, don't forget about the one on N64, man. That's an all-time classic. And if I were uh, developing a Superman game, that would be in the back of my mind the entire time. It'd be haunting me day in and day out. Yeah, I think it haunts the people who made it already pretty (laughs) consistently. Yeah. Let's be honest, it haunts anyone who's ever played it in this I moment. watched people play that, and it hurt me inside. <laughs> it is truly, truly atrocious. Yeah. Well, one tiny little side note before we move on from, uh, you know, the Rocksteady idea and the Batman idea. Uh, real talk, I hope that WB Montreal has one more shot at Batman, because I, I truly believe that Arkham Origins, in spite of its faults or its, uh, sh- its shortcomings, really was solid. Uh, especially mm-hmm. in terms of the story. And I would really like to see their follow-up to Origins because they have all that room to play with because Origins takes place eight years before Asylum. So there's eight years to play with with uh, that version of Batman. So I really think they deserve another chance. I don't know if we'll see another Batman game at this year's E3 because like, my prediction is something from Rocksteady. But while we're on the subject of Batman, I'd like to see uh, WB Montreal have one more shot at uh, the character. Mm, it's possible, possibly not. Uh, they might have... Uh, used up their shot based on the uh, critical and commercial reception of the game, but like mm-hmm. that, WB has a lot of money to kick around, and if they believe there's an audience for it, they might do it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to uh, see them let Batman ride 
on its own a little bit after the whole Arkham Knight fiasco and and Origins before that. But, you know, a few years down the line, I could definitely see uh, the Montreal team putting out a new Batman game in the vein of Origins, uh, tackling some of the some of the other villains. Yeah. Okay, mm. who's next? Who's next? Who's predicting next? Uh, in my mind, we're going counterclockwise, which means you're next, James. Damn. All right. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I think my next E3 prediction is going to surely be based on Nintendo. Well, I don't know, because them knocking it out of the fucking park with Switch coverage is pretty much already established as a fact. They've released their schedule, and it is so Smash Brothers heavy. It's basically like the Smash Brothers show with special guests all the other games that Nintendo was coming out with. Um, I predict that at least one... You know what? No. Fuck it. I predict that at least two characters they're going to introduce in the roster for Smash for the Switch is going to have a good 60 to 70% of the fan base frothing at the fucking mouth. I think that they're going to ha- release a couple of characters that are going to have everybody so so like swollen up with rage that they start bursting like goddamn balloons all over the the, the fucking message boards and uh the the chat forums and all that shit i think it's going to be hilarious and amazing and i can't wait to see it do you have a notion of what these characters would be hmm you know it'd be great because everybody really wants twin tell from arms Mm-hmm. So what they should do is introduce Springman as the character from Arms to be in Smash Brothers for the Switch. I feel that people would not approve to put it lightly. Just a just a hunch, you know. All right, Springman instead of Twintel. Lock yeah. it in. It's coming uh down the pipe at Nintendo Direct live from the Treehouse. <laughs> we will be there to uh uh, capture the vitriol of the fans in person. Uh, actually, I think that would be really funny to try to talk to Nintendo fans right after the direct and see how mad they are. Oh my God! Could we please? Oh, that would make yeah, a let's... fantastic highlight reel. It's got to happen. Let's do that. We'll have to do that for sure. Uh, I'm going to go down the Nintendo path as well. Um, I'm going to go a little off the board with the assumption that they have something to talk about that they haven't put on the schedule. And that's Mm. something I'm hoping, I'm hoping very desperately that it's animal crossing. Mm. (laughs) Buddy, you're getting me real excited. Oh boy. Can you imagine high definition, Tom Nook? (laughs) Can you fathom it? I don't know, man. I'm pretty satisfied with uh, Pocket Camp at the moment. I don't think I need one, but I'm open to it. Man, didn't you just talk about how you uh, hated being led into a brick wall in mobile games? Yeah, I dabbled in uh, Pocket Camp, I kid you not, for about 45 seconds and I was out. (laughs) Wow. I I have a loving history uh, with Animal Crossing on GameCube specifically. So uh, I got to have my Animal Crossing on Switch, man. I'll lose my mind. And I would love to see them completely overhaul Animal Crossing, give it the God of War treatment, throw out the old, bring in the new, uh, give 
whoever your created character is, give them a son or daughter. Uh, give them a quest to go on. And the quest, of course, is to kill Tom Nook because he's a bastard. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see that. Does that mean that half the cast will be voiced by Christopher Judge? Because I'm a thousand percent <laughs> on board if that's the case. I'm pretty sure Chris Judge is the voice of Tom Nook. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 decided here. We're gonna we're gonna talk to the guys in Nintendo. Say your next Animal Crossing game has to have this guy playing Tom Nook, but not like with words or anything. Just making those wacky noises that Animal Crossing characters yes. make. It'll just be yes. Chris Judge doing it. <laughs> and the kid who plays Atreus doing uh, Timmy and Tommy. Oh well, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Okay. All right. Um, maybe don't lock that one in. Um, specifically, but I wouldn't be surprised to hear them talk about Animal Crossing. Okay. Well, I mean, it'd be great because they're they're. We already know based on last year's show, kind of what they really should bring up this year. You know, your Pokemons, your Metroids, your Smashy Brothers, uh, all that good shit. And I feel like a Animal Crossing make a great surprise, guys. It's the last minute of the Nintendo Direct. We'll show you, like, the Leaf logo or whatever, and then, like, some sweeping panorama over a, like, slightly more detailed version of the town, and everybody will, like, lose most of their minds with, like, horse screaming, and it's, it'll be good. You know, it'll be good. Reggie lets loose with a just ripping guttural my body is ready <laughs> and, and that's it he walks off stage and they drop yeah. the trailer yeah yeah <laughs> that could be like the only thing they do just a, just a just a, a truck load of trailers and at the very beginning he goes on like Goku style and like rips his fucking shirt right off his body it's like <laughs> come on <laughs> I would, I would love to see that. I feel like Reggie's famous quote in recent years where he's like, if the game's not fun, why bother? That needs to be right before the breakdown of like the heaviest uh, either rock song or dubstep track you've ever heard in your life when they come out on stage because obviously they have these big announcements. And that's just, that, that quote so perfectly fits what Nintendo does with their games. And uh, if they announce Animal Crossing, I hope he says that again because I love hearing it from him. <laughs> And Reggie just seems like a great guy. I've yet to meet him, but I would really like to. I think he's probably uh, super personable. Yeah, I'd like to share a cup of coffee with him. Yeah, that seems, sure. that seems like a good plan. And talk about the importance of erecting a golden statue of myself in the middle of my Animal Crossing town so that my animal dwellers, my <laughs> villagers, can bow down and worship my success of paying off my house. Because that's what's most important to me in an Animal Crossing game. It's the golden yeah. statue at the end. <laughs> Giant golden <laughs> idols. Exactly. Celebrating your accomplishments. I was actually, it was funny. I was, uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, I, I like symmetry and things to be uh, in order in certain situations in my life, specifically like uh, in an RPG where I can decorate my home, for example. Animal Crossing, uh, everything was very organized in my home, but I was very frustrated when, of course, my golden statue goes up. I'm like, that's beautiful. I look incredible. And then uh, my sister shared a town with me. We were we were children, you know, playing on the same GameCube. I'm like, I told her she needed to pay off her house too, so we can have two golden statues lining the sidewalk up at the entrance of our town. So when our friends come over with their memory card and plug it in and visit our town, they're going to be blown away. We have these giant golden statues of ourselves. But I uh, I slave over my sister's account to pay off her home. It took me weeks. 
Even did the cheat where you uh, change your GameCube clock to like earn loads of money <laughs> way faster than you normally would in the game. And then she gets a silver statue that's half the size of mine, and it was uh, it, it looked lopsided when you walked in. It drove me insane. That's totally besides the point. It does not benefit this conversation whatsoever. But uh, that really well, I mean, bummed me out, and she had a silver shorter statue in that game. I have no doubt if you get into the same room with Reggie, that will become a topic of converse- conversation. Okay, that's good to know. You would be up with your next pick, Garrett. Oh, crap. Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to go with... Uh, I think we're going to see uh, Bluepoint announce the next game they're remaking at Sony's press conference. Uh, officially announcing. You know, they teased it. You know, the next one we're working on is huge! It's a beloved classic. I think they're going to announce it officially at E3. Yeah. And what do you think it is? Uh, I'm terrible at predicting this kind of stuff. I've been trying to predict it since they said that, and I have absolutely no idea. Um... So yeah, I, I hope it garners the same amount of uh, hype and excitement that Shadow of the Colossus did when they revealed that officially. But uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I think that somebody came onto the stage from one of the shows. I can't remember which one. Wearing like a fucking medieval t-shirt. And mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like they're going to spend a disproportionate amount of time on that particular project. And maybe don't. I don't know. But it was a skeleton in a game that played exactly like Spyro the Dragon. So Skeleton the Dragon. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Fuck it. I take it back. Let's fuse these two properties together. Hmm. Zombie Spyro making, I don't know, terrible jokes. I didn't get very far in that game. And and it'll be great. People will love it, and it'll be a great way to close out the Sony conference. You know, just a long seven-minute discussion between two of the creators going into great detail about why this doofy-ass remake is such a critical component of Sony's success story. Only if on the stream they cut to the crowd and show the COG crew again, and we're all sleeping. Oh, man, that'd be even better than last year. <laughs> man, I was at home, and I was watching the stream, and I saw you guys, and I freaked. <laughs> I was freaking out. <laughs> I was just, like, desperately slacking Sean. I'm like, you guys are famous! <laughs> you, you know who was actually famous was Alex Everett, when he did that amazing, like, who gives a fuck slow clap right in the middle like they they just managed to cut to him at the perfect time and he looks like he would just rather be like anywhere anywhere else in the world at that moment god what a triumph he's like i should have stayed outside with the food trucks yeah i mean yeah that that, you know it's fine everybody has different allegiances he would probably at least give sony the time of day if his watch was already out and in front of his face (laughs) uh maybe we'll have him on a cast or a segment or something at e3 and uh that would be right every everyone can meet the joy that is alex everett yes yes please all right james what's up next next on the list of things that are definitely going to happen at e3 huh well i'm pretty sure we're gonna get you know what would be really great, even though I don't have high hopes, would be like more about Bloodstained. 
just just something just like anything besides because we had like that tiny little demo section that we looked over last year and to be honest it was fun and it played really well and it was really rad but I'm finding more and more that those tiny little vertical slices that they expose you to at these events uh, sort of don't catch the whole story and I really want to get a better glimpse of what Koga or like the Igavania brand is bringing back with this title because the like Metroidvania genre that this guy essentially pioneered has advanced in leaps and bounds since Symphony of the Night. And I can't help but feel that if they don't bring something appropriately amazing or different or unique or stand out in some way, the Metroidvania genre has been saturated to the point where bringing out like a throwback is probably going to fall flat in its fucking face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Out of curiosity, do you have a favorite Metroidvania game? Um, you know, I've played a few that were pretty rad. There was one like crazy monster type title for the DS where you played this like child and her monster companion. You journeyed through the standard yada, 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 backtracking mappy nonsense. And it was a cool concept. And Hollow Knight is pretty rad, but I, I still feel a strong allegiance for Symphony of the Night. It, mm. I mean... Maybe mostly because of that amazing legendary opening cutscene where, like, Dracula's all, uh, what is a man? A miserable pile of secrets. And then it's just, like, the best delivered line in a PlayStation 1 game ever <laughs> in the history of the, of the console. I mean, really, everything was downhill after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was, like... That was like the best of the base formula, and it really, really showed how well polished it already was. But the mm-hmm. fact that any successful Metroidvania game after that had to like deviate from that formula somewhat. Yeah, if I'm thinking about recent Metroidvania games, my personal favorite is Guacamelee oh, from Drinkbox. Yes. That game yes. is rad. So good. Ooh, Axiom Verge. That's another really good one. Ooh, ooh, that would. Hmm, that's a good one, yeah. I am going to go ahead and give another pick here. Okay. And that, this will not be controversial at all. Um, We will see more Death Stranding. And we will see Death Stranding gameplay. Oh, man, that'll be so awesome. (laughs) I believe you are correct, Paul. I firmly believe in that. I mean... How many years can Kojima string along Norman Reedus, uh, having him believe that he's a visionary without getting some gameplay out there? I'd say it's about two years. Yeah, I think to that end, we've pretty much hit that limit, haven't we? Like this June, he's got to bring the fucking noise or else like we'll probably keep waiting because we love Hideo, Hideo Kojima so much, but come on, man. I mean, even if it's just a trailer with that clickety clackety light in it the whole time, uh, I'll probably be happy because that's maybe best new character 2018. 
Um, but yeah, I'd like to see some gameplay. Um, I'm pretty confident that... Oh, God, I can't... I don't know, man. Nothing about that fucking trailer made any sense whatsoever. I watched it again recently, the big nine-minute one from the Game Awards or whatever. It doesn't get any more comprehensible the second or third time you watch it. It, like, because... Cause I, and I was watching it with somebody who doesn't play a ton of video games. So I'm trying to, like, explain to this person. I was like, you know, okay, this this is what's happening here. And this, you know, the the the, the, the this is all in-game footage, allegedly. And, 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 but then it comes time to, like, this dissect the story beats. And it's like, oh, yeah, Norman Reedus has, like, a baby with him that is made of goop. And then it's like... Inside him, he's pregnant with a space baby. Norman Reedus is pregnant with a space baby. And that that could be, like, the whole fucking plot. Like, it could just be, like, this um, uh, lone wolf and cub type story where Norman Reedus has to, like, take this space baby inside of his stomach or brain or, or, or hands or all three or whatever on this epic quest to survive scary oil planets, and that'd be fine, you know? I think that's way more plausible than what the actual story will be. <laughs> yeah, undoubtedly. It, it'll, uh, that, that trailer, like you said, I've tried to analyze it myself, and it's like I've seen it so many times that I'm frustrated now when I try to analyze it because it just makes no sense. But in uh, Kojima-like fashion, I am uh, no less intrigued than I was with uh, anything else he's released before, so... I hope you're right, Paul. I hope we do see it in action, finally. All right, who's next? Uh, I guess that would be Garrett. Cool. Uh, I, I have to excuse me, my fanboy tends to show. When I uh, make predictions about E3, I tend to lean towards Sony. So in the vein of Microsoft, which I have the highest hopes for, uh, I first have to ask you guys, do you believe in the rumors that Playground is working on the next Fable? Uh, I... Based on recent Microsoft history, I think it's very plausible that they are working on Fable. However, as an optimist, I'd like to hope that they're not. <laughs> I was going to say something along those same lines, uh, because I, 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 I love Fable so much. Now, Fable 3 was a massive disappointment for me. I love Fable 1 and Fable 2 I like a lot as well, but Fable 3 I didn't like so much. Some, I have high hopes for the reboot, whoever it comes from. But yeah, I don't know if... Uh, that's the thing. Uh, developers, I, I feel like, have surprised us in the past. I mean, I'm trying to think of a, a prime example, even recent years, where a developer made something that blew everyone's minds and it, no one thought they were capable of doing it. I'm trying to think of what it is. But I don't underestimate Playgrounds. They make brilliant racing games, obviously, but can they apply that same prowess to uh, a, a mystical, magical... Uh, English humorous type RPG. I don't know. So, mm. but uh, I don't underestimate them because I, I imagine they're all very talented people there. But uh, if the rumors are true, I think regardless of whoever's uh, um, developing it, I think Microsoft is so desperate for exclusives right now that they will tease the game, even if it is just a title that appears with like magical music and, and a voice over an elf dancing through a forest with fairies or something. And, and it just says fable or whatever they decide to title the game. I think I, my favorite title for reboots, I know it's so generic, it's just where they call it the original title again. Just like, uh, I don't want to jump ahead. No, I'm not going to say that because you guys might steal it. I'm going to save that for my last one. <laughs> but uh, 
I think they will tease the next fable. That's all I'll say. Any thoughts on who's developing it if it's not Playground? Mm. Ah, man, this is hard. What do you think, James? Um, I think if it's not Playground, they'll they'll bring it mostly in house. Like it'll be like Microsoft Game Studios, and then like some new group that may or may not just be like an assembled branch of in-house employees under a slightly different umbrella. Um, because like you said, they really need more exclusives really, really badly. And uh, even if they have like, um, I think I, I just think they'll have like the, 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 the IP presence in some form at any cost just to make sure they can shore up their defenses against the uh, fucking onslaught of uh, new stuff coming from the their two big competitors. Yeah, my definitely. bet, this is highly, highly unlikely, but my bet, uh, because I like to uh, take the long bet and uh, go for the big payout, is that they canceled scale down so that Platinum could work on Fable. Ooh. You're on to something there, Paul. Because I, I think Platinum's proved themselves with uh, games like Nier Automata that they can do things that are not just character action and they can get it done. So... Bring on Fable. I'd probably poop my pants if that was the reality, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Just hope, uh, if we, we're, we're going to the uh, the Xbox press, aren't we? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. if you're sitting next to me, expect uh, just rancid uh, sense coming from my rear end, if that is the case. But uh, All right, Oceans of Foof. Okay, coming up. Yeah, for everyone surrounding me, for their sake, I hope uh, it isn't Platinum Games, because I will panic with excitement. Sounds like another viral video. Uh, add it to the list. Yes. Uh, James, do you have one more pick in you? Huh. Well, I had... Uh, I had Bloodstained. I had Smash. Let's see. I think... I don't know. I think... I'm going to say the same thing I said last year. Please, God, let there be something anything anything whatsoever about final fantasy 7 the remake just just a word just like like a like a little waving outstretched hand from square and explain like hey guys we're rapidly becoming the company that can't make a game in less than 10 fucking years but we're making progress you know just something so it's like james did you i don't know how reputable this information is because i don't know where it came from uh, but it was a couple weeks ago, someone was out on the internet saying that Square had, in fact, scrapped everything that CyberConnect 2 had worked on for the FF7 remake because it was so bad, and they basically had to start over. And this was quite recently. You really know how to ruin someone's night, don't you, Paul? You know, I think... I think <laughs> I it's possible... Okay, I think it's possible, I think the timeline might not be exactly that. Like, I don't know. They probably didn't scrap the fucking CyberConnect2 team two weeks ago, or so I want to believe. Um, I feel like... I feel like Square Enix wouldn't have waited that long to tank the project, if that was the case, and, like, start over. Because, um, 
like when they when it became clear that Final Fantasy fourteen had shit the bed, they were pretty quick about being like, oh, okay, we're gonna fire most of you and start over again. And they didn't mm-hmm. they didn't waste a lot of time doing it. That's true. Um, although, again, for their single player epics or whatever, it's been a long, tortuous, agonizing process. Like every fucking time, like Final Fantasy fifteen was in development in one form or another for like a decade. Mm-hmm. And if you're like Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be the same way, I think what they need to do is like purge a lot of the entire Final Fantasy team, just generally. Never never mind the 15 guys or the 7 guys or whatever. Like I think a lot of these guys have to get just like kicked the fuck out of the door because there's everything they do is so tainted with bloat. And, and, and just this dragging endless timeline mm-hmm. that like they're literally not going to be able to survive in a commercial environment where we kind of expect results in like a couple years, you know? It's possible that this remake is getting out of hand because uh, Tetsuya Nomura is so thinly stretched. The guy is clearly focused on Kingdom Hearts 3. He, he knows that that game has to come out eventually. Please. And uh, because of that, the FF7 team is just kind of left to their own devices. And he's kind of checking in here and there, but he doesn't really have his finger on the pulse. Um, I could see that being the case. I desperately hope that it's not. I think I think it's probably worse than that because we've seen a little bit of Kingdom Hearts 3. Have we not? Like a little bit of like gameplay footage and stuff. Yeah, what they've called gameplay, I think. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked real similar to the previous two titles. <laughs> like, yeah. like they basically just gave it, uh, like, oh, here's some more pixels and like a couple more frames per second, and it's like practically just an upscaled screenshot from Kingdom Hearts Two, and it's like, guys, you've had fucking years to work on this. What on earth are you doing? Yeah, it looked basically the same as Kingdom Hearts 2.8 plus Turbo Redux or whatever the last one was called. The the, the, the Ultra EX Arcade Edition. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, that one. (laughs) So you think that they will talk about the remake? I hope they say, like, a single fucking thing about, you know what, either one of those two games, just give us something to indicate that the entire team hasn't, like died of an overdose and you're just like scrambling to come up with excuses or like weekend at Bernie's your way through the entire fucking development staff. Give us something. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Um, yeah, please. Although maybe they're making a weekend at Bernie's game. Hey, yeah, there we go. There we go. Maybe that's uh, just a brand new title. Maybe like true to life. Have one of their like long deceased developers like on weird puppet strings with like a like a broken fucking broom handle pushing his head back and forth so it looks like he's moving in time to some fun bouncy beach music that sounds like that sounds like a recipe for bad escort missions and uh stealth mechanics and warioware style mini games clearly <laughs> i think we're on to something guys yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to cut this section out of the podcast so that we don't give away our ideas. Yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll send all this solid gold to the respective developers and be like, listen, scrap your shit, start in these projects, 
billions of dollars are coming your way. <laughs> well, I'm ready to give my last pick here. And uh, this one's a Bethesda pick. Because I, uh, I think this was meant to happen last year. Because if you recall the Bethesda press event last year, it was all star themed. There was lots of stars and, um, you know, comets and, and twinkling going on. And it is heavily, heavily rumored, and they have trademarked this, in fact, that uh, Bethesda Game Studios' next game is called Starfield. So I predict that it will be revealed at this E3, and I predict it will come out this fall, and third, I predict that it will have timed exclusivity on the PS4. You're a monster, Paul. And I mean that in the best way possible, because you're... <laughs> Your predictions are all on the money, and, and uh, the, that one feels very reasonable to me. And let me tell you why it's got... Uh, I, I put the PS4 exclusivity in there. Because they delayed Days Gone. If Days Gone isn't coming this fall, they must have something to fill that void. Spider-Man's yeah. coming out in September, so if there's something coming out in November that would cannibalize Days Gone... Maybe it's Starfield, and maybe they got exclusivity. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Or it's like that Ghost of Tsushima one that we saw, like the tiniest bit of uh, footage of last year. Do you think that's close enough, though? I kind of think that'll be next year. Mm, I'm in that boat as yeah, well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it might. They, we might get some like gameplay, and then they'll like drop it in like I don't know, like some early month in 2019 depending mm. on like how ambitious or insane of a project this is because like we didn't see like anything of the fucking gameplay did we like it was just hey so there's some cool ass Japanese old timey fucking visuals and mechanics at work here it's gonna be really great but like that's it there's no you know no idea of like what specific kind of game this is gonna be yeah I really hope that it's awesome as hell and not just more realistic Sly Cooper with samurais <laughs> are you suggesting that would not be awesome as hell <laughs> i mean it would be awesome but it's not what i uh what i want out of a game called ghosts of tsushima yeah also could we just do a sly cooper game with samurai suits and like grit we we, we do that right just here slip that in sometime next summer yeah yeah okay okay Maybe that's the next Sony overhaul? Yeah. Sly Cooper? Yeah. yeah. They scrapped Medieval. They, they realized at the 11th hour that that was completely fucking stupid. And then they brought in the Sly Cooper instead. We're going gonna to beef him up. Give him that 4K treatment. With a samurai suit. With a samurai suit. Clearly. Perfect. Garrett. One more? Bring us home, buddy. Make it a good one. Am I the big finale? You, you are, are the big finale. Oh, dude. Dude, uh, I don't want to fail you. Um, I'm going to give one that's, uh, this is a little embarrassing, I have to admit. It's very, very on the nose. I'm pretty sure everyone's already predicted this, but I got to throw it out there because I'm excited. The new Splinter Cell will be revealed at uh, Ubisoft's press conference. And uh, the Splinter Cell fandom, however big it, it may or may not be out there, I feel like it's rather small. I'm not a diehard like uh, my best friend is, but I'm definitely an avid fan of the the series. 
and uh, I have high hopes for Sam Fisher's return. I think the Wildlands uh, little DLC add-on where he was featured is just to uh, whet everyone's appetites, and I mm-hmm. believe that he will officially be revealed at uh, Ubisoft. I think that is as close to a lock as we've got on this list. Cool. Yeah, yeah I think so. I'm a little worried. Okay, um, I didn't... Okay, this is betraying another aspect of my ignorance, of which there are many. Um, but the most recent Splinter Cell game, what exactly was the core gameplay like? I have to know. Like, Basically what I'm asking is, has the Splinter Cell series drifted into the open world sandbox gray tone hellscape that is literally every Ubisoft title that they have? Or does it still like distinct in some way from that kind of quivering mass? Like what, what's the story there? Mm, it was, it was basically, yeah, it was, it was the Ubisoft of a few years ago. Um, so yeah, it was basically like all those games. It was nothing like the glory days of chaos theory and Pandora tomorrow. So yeah. Damn Sorry, it. James. Damn it. I, I got to be honest, though, I uh, even though that is uh, Ubisoft's staple with all their games now, I would be sort of open to seeing Splinter Cell try to tackle something like that, even though I feel like I can roleplay as Sam Fisher in Wildlands already, so I don't see the point in doing Splinter Cell like that. But uh, to give it the sort of uh, Metal Gear Solid Five treatment, I wouldn't mm. be totally opposed to. Because I'm, mm. I'm in the minority when I say I really enjoyed Metal Gear Solid Five. Now, granted, this is also embarrassing. Uh, I, that is the only Metal Gear Solid game I've played from start to finish. I know that's going to blow some minds. I've dabbled in ones in the past, but I've never finished any of them but that one. So when I say I enjoy that, that's coming from someone who doesn't have a history with the series as a whole. But I liked the open world aspect of that game where I kind of felt like I was controlling more elements to uh, uh, that world rather than just Sam Fisher himself. But I don't know if, if longtime Splinter Cell fans would would also enjoy that, but that's something I'm open to seeing them try. But again, you make a good point with Ubisoft's games all being open world, and, and Wildlands basically a Splinter Cell with multiplayer, so I don't know. Yeah, this would be a great opportunity for Ubisoft to demonstrate that they have more than one tool in the toolbox, right? Like, you know, show us that you can still kind of make that happen. Although, to be fair... Uh, Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle was not an open world sandbox experiment. That was a different thing, and good for them. So maybe Splinter Cell will also not be in the sandbox. Maybe it'll be a little more crafted and narrow and small scale. So what if it was kind of like Rise of the Tomb Raider with linear sections or more guided portions but then opening up into kind of these smaller open hub areas where you can do stuff i'm kind of into that idea i like that a lot maybe sam fisher is like in a jungle the entire game or something and it has various regions not unlike tomb raider like you described that'd be kind of cool Mm -hmm. yeah um i guess it is kind of hard to avoid open world stuff altogether because it's sort of the new well not the new hotness it's sort of the hotness at present um we've already seen what happens when people try to cash in on the new hotness it doesn't always work aka radical heights aka Mm -hmm. bmx car crash 2018 yeah (sighs) 
Uh, so, I can't help but chuckle anytime somebody brings up Cliffy B these days. Um, friend of the show, Cliffy B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time, long time friend of the show. Um, dumpster fire, stunt choreographer extraordinaire. Good God, Radical Heights, what happened? How did it get this way? What did they do to you? Uh, yeah. The question yeah. is, is it an upgrade from Lawbreakers? Um... Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Lawbreakers was at least, like, different, you know? Lawbreakers had, like, ideas, and they had things they wanted to do, and they executed them. And you could shoot behind you, and you could careen through the air, and you could do all that wacky, high-level shit that nobody cared about. But, I mean, it was there. It, 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 Radical Heights is just, like... They reached into a fucking bag of buzzwords, pulled out four of them, and was like, clearly this is a video game. Yeah. <laughs> they had two hats. Uh, in one hat was the type of game they were going to make, and in the other hat was uh, vague inspiration. So they pulled out Battle Royale and Far Cry Blood Dragon? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I mean... I'm sorry. Cliff, if you're listening, I know we rag on you almost every episode, um, <laughs> but we do hope that one day Radical Heights truly does reach Radical Heights. Yeah, and in like a like a like a glory glorious way, not like a uh stepping off a ledge in a final act of personal agency kind of way, but you know, you know, like the good one. The first the good first one. Uh, oh boy um you, you know what well, uh is so ironic and almost tragically poetic is i feel like gary jewel's mad world from the gears one trailer has come full circle with cliffy b's experience <laughs> oh as, a, as a lead developer and director and that that song just echoes throughout his career over the last however many years it's been decade at least I think uh, I hear I heard a story that he picked that song for that trailer at the last minute because he was going through some intense personal shit and they were like he was like can we use Mad World for like the the, the big trailer and they're like y you sure and then he's just like yeah it's just like really meant a lot to him at the time in a personal fashion and now the song haunts him and his accomplishments yeah. and his ups and his downs forever. I'm really rooting for uh, Cliffy B, though, dude. I'm, I'm a longtime fan of his games, and uh, and I, I like Lawbreakers a lot. I still think it's a solid hero shooter, even though it came out at the worst possible time imaginable for it. Uh, but for, for the sake of Radical Heights, like you said, even that we're hoping that it reaches Radical Heights, I love an underdog story, and I'm hoping mm -hmm. Cliffy B reaches rock star status again, because that is my favorite version of Cliffy B when he is a literal rock star in the industry. That was the best. So I hope it oh, succeeds as well. So good. Well, speaking of rock stars, uh, let's talk about the releases for this week. All right, let's do it. There are a few. Uh, uh, that Conan Exiles game is coming out on yesterday. Um, That's on that PS4, looks... right? Yeah, it was mm -hmm. in PC early access and I think Xbox, and then it's coming to PS PS4, Xbox, and PC for like full release. Mm -hmm. And there's like a huge hot load of content coming with it. Um, some of which looks pretty cool. There's like this uh, monster invasion thing that you can do where like when you're building your cool ass forge or base or whatever, um, it can get rushed 
by a huge horde of like terrible beasts, some of whom are like super big. And that sounds like a lot of fun, you know? I mean, sure, it's an MMO, and that comes with all the fun, horrible things that MMOs come with, but, you know, it's Conan's world. Like, it's pretty rad. Yeah, being an MMO, that one's not dropping. Uh, we don't get codes for that until release date. So you can expect a review eventually, but not immediately. Uh, what else do we got? Pillars of Eternity 2? Really? Already? Uh, yeah, I feel like I confirmed that in one form or another because we saw it like playable at E3 last year, right? Man, they how many writers do they must they have on staff to pump out that amount of text in such a short period of time? Uh, I'm gonna guess uh, schwack load. Okay. That's the specific unit of measurement. It refers to somewhere between 130 and 185. I definitely just made that up. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so confirming for all of us, Pillars of Eternity 2 is coming May 8th on PC, Linux, and more. Yeah, shit is happening, man. Good grief. I have heard literally nothing about it since they revealed it. So um, Um, here's hoping it's good. Yeah, absolutely. Or at least another one of those. I played a demo of it, I think, last year at E3, and I was definitely the wrong person for it because I don't really know much about the series. And I felt really bad because they were so excited about it and just wanted to show me this stuff. And I knew objectively that it was cool, but I barely understood it. And it was just, oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, the Obsidian guys are are, are very friendly. As far yeah. as teams go when you're doing appointments... Obsidian is one of the friendlier bunches. Yeah. Uh, hey, Tacoma coming out uh, yesterday for PS4. Now that's another one that's that's one that's been released on PC for like the last mm, year, but I believe there might be a couple of teeny tiny new, slightly different things coming for this version. Although mm. I was unable to confirm that actually, so. We'll see if it differentiates itself in any significant fashion from the original PC release. I mean, even if it doesn't, it's well worth uh, having a run-through for PS4 players. It's It does some interesting stuff with uh, kind of VR and rewinding through time to find out what's going on. I mean, it's it's certainly a walking simulator, and it's not very long, or and maybe the storytelling's not stupendous, but Man, I enjoyed it. Man, you were selling it. me so hard in this game, I enjoyed game, it. Paul. It's... It's a solid, uh, I'm waffling, between a 6 and a 7. It's it's good. Uh, what else we got? We got the aforementioned Laser League, which actually looks pretty cool. Um, Garrett and I played that one last year. Uh, it was pretty baller, I gotta say. Um, it's like Tron, but crammed into a really small space. And you die over and over again in the span of seconds. Ah, uh, just like real life, aka yes. communism. Perfect. Yes, aka real communist life. Thanks so much, <laughs> Battletech. Uh, changing the world one pronoun at a time. Thank you, Battletech. That's, that's right. Doing the good work. We are really killing this uh, release list this week. And uh, last but not least, there is a Destiny 2 expansion, Warmind. I I mean, I fell off the Destiny 2 train 
really hard. So I, I don't think I'm going back. I feel like a lot of people did. I think I feel like I heard about that. Like Destiny 2's numbers were uh, uh, tanking slightly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is probably why they were selling the game for like ten or fifteen dollars on Amazon. <laughs> hey, that stock is not going to move itself. No, no, and I mean, if you if you reel people in with a super low price base game, then you're like, oh hey, Warmind for only two to four times what you paid for the base game. Uh, for like a small amount of extra content, guys, guys, <laughs> have we a got deal. a deal for you? Yeah. <laughs> and this is the part of the podcast where we would talk about, uh, the email, uh, which I checked yeah. and nobody emailed us. My God, really? Man, yeah. we are losers. We suck. God. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Let me uh, publicize our email address so that you can send us an email because, you know, we honestly don't get that many. So if you send us an email, it is quite likely that I will read it on the podcast. And you can send that to pressxpodcast at gmail.com. That is pressxpodcast at gmail.com. And if you don't like email and you prefer companies that may or may not have sold data to russia uh indirectly or directly you can get on our facebook group yeah prosex facebook where you can ask us the questions that you would normally ask us by email or you know carrier pigeon or pony express or you know what have you and we will almost certainly get back to you (laughs) at least one of us or if not one of us probably someone else who works for the site so if you have um game questions industry questions any kind of questions, get at us on that Facebook group. Uh, yeah, we would love yeah, to hear if you're, from you. If you're intensely curious about our respective skincare regimens, that is uh, unlikely but possible. Yeah, I'd say that's fair game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on that note, I think that's going to wrap up this episode um, here on May 7th slash 9th, 2018. This was nothing short of an honor and a privilege, and I hope one day in this life I can join you uh, both again, or even uh, the, the core three of the Press X podcast crew. A great honor at some point. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, it was a blast. It was super fun. It was it was a true treat to have you on, Garrett. We've been considering in recent weeks having more than three uh, in the room as our comfort levels get higher and higher and we wear less and less pants, that means there's more and more room for voices. I like the sound of that. Mm-hmm. It's a fair trade, really. There's a, there's a pants-to-voice ratio, mathematically precise, that we can't disturb. However, we can alter. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks everybody for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it. Yeah, just share it. Just do that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. spread it to the peoples. And into the world. The world indeed. Uh, Until next time, it's Paul, James, and Garrett signing off. See you later. See See you later.